This is Volusia Today, a public information radio program brought to you by the County of Volusia. Good morning and welcome to Volusia Today. My name is Michael Ryan. I am your uh, communication director, Volusia County's communication director. I am joined today by my co-host, Clayton Jackson. Good morning, Clayton. Good morning, Michael. How are things your way? Don't you guys like Clayton's radio voice? He kicks it right in. Um, how are you, man? Are you ready for uh, Christmas? I am more than ready for Christmas. I am going to miss the Florida weather. I'm traveling back up to the Kentucky to see the family. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I've got to, I already told my mom to get the warm jackets out because, fortunately, I I don't have a big bubble jacket down here in Florida. That's a perk of living here. Yeah, you don't need one, do you? No. Nope. Well, typically, Clayton, we start off the show with um, some new segments, but because we have some special guests today, uh, I'd like to go ahead and skip that so we can spend a little more time with them, if that's I, okay with you. I'll approve of that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. We're joined today by County Manager George Recknerall. George, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me today. And Assistant County Administrator, what, get your title right for me, Suzanne. Deputy County Deputy, Manager. Thank you, Deputy <laughs> County Manager. I, should, I report to Suzanne. Suzanne, I should probably know that. Thank you for being here, Suzanne. Good morning. We appreciate, Thank we appreciate you, you both yep. taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, this is our next to the last show for the year. So we wanted to bring you guys in and, and do a wrap up of 2023 and talk a little bit about what Volusia County can look forward to in 2024. So, George, real quick, for um, those of us who maybe don't listen every week or don't know exactly what you do, what does the, the uh, county administrator do or county manager? Well, I get to play quarterback basically for the team. I'm the chief uh, executive officer. Uh, I am uh, appointed by the county council uh, to carry out the policies that they set. So I'm really one of just two uh, direct employees of the council, myself and the county attorney. So. Okay, okay. And Suzanne? Uh, well, I work as George's right-hand person. Uh, I help to coordinate issues with all of the departments and divisions within the county, all of the services and activities that occur, and, and try to act sort of as a, uh, almost like a chief of staff uh, to make sure that operations uh, and uh, the council's goals get accomplished. Okay. So day to day, the two of you manage about how many departments? Oh, well, let's see, it's about uh, seven, six or seven departments, but there's uh, 2,300 people. Yeah. Uh, about 47 different uh, work units, and which would be divisions and, and uh, areas. So. And that covers everything from roads and bridges and water and wastewater to fire services and EMS and um, I just at the airport. I just left mm-hmm. a meeting at the airport and the Ocean Center. That's correct. Quite a bit of stuff. We're a, we're a very uh, um, diverse group. So. Okay. So tell us, um, what if you had to sum up 2023 in a, in a couple of words or sentences or two for Volusia County, um, again, the end of the year show, what, what, what was 2023 for you guys? Well, of course, it started with uh, a lot of recovery efforts uh, from the uh, hurricanes that occurred the, uh, in the fall. Um, we also uh, was a little bit of a year of transition. We had five new uh, council uh, members. And so that means uh, kind of adjusting uh, policies and the directions that they wanted to go. Uh, we were throwing a little bit of a curveball, uh, kind of a remnant of Amendment 10, uh, where uh, uh, the police function uh, that uh, Beach Patrol had uh, enjoyed as a triple certified unit 
became a double certified unit as the policing activities uh, by legislation were moved over to uh, the sheriff's department. So, okay. Um, so yeah, we were kind of a year in transition. I think some, you know, as you change from, uh, like I say, five new council people, um, getting ourselves into the recovery mode out on the beach, um, and, and changing a little bit of our structure. We also did some restructuring at Votran, brought some things in house to kind of better prepare us for future contracts there. Um, and we did some uh, other restructuring and public protection, uh, which is our largest uh, department. And um, uh, just a, a better uh, service the, the divisions there, make sure they had um, um, what they needed. Okay. Susan, I, I think... Um you were heavily, still heavily involved in recovery on the beaches from the from the hurricanes, not just in the beaches, right? Um, I think a lot of people. The, the hurricanes happened a, a, a year ago now, a little over a year ago, right? Many people just the next day or the next couple of months go back to their lives and they don't realize how much we are still doing in recovery and helping the community recover. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I'd, I'd love to talk about that because there has been a tremendous amount of work that has occurred in 2023 as a result of Hurricanes Ian and Nicole and their impacts on Volusia County. Of course, the beach is one of the high-profile areas where we saw those dramatic photographs and drone videos of the coastal erosion and the impacts on structures and seawalls. Uh, that has resulted... Uh, in a lot of work with state government, uh, the Florida Department of Environmental Protection, uh, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission, uh, the governor's office, uh, and of course our team at Volusia County to help property owners get the permits they need to uh, reconstruct their seawalls and their homes and their businesses uh, and to take uh, about 80 million dollars of grants that have come to us from the state and begin to rebuild our beaches with sand that has uh, been eroded we lost about six and a half million cubic yards of sand in those storms and we've been working quickly as we can to get sand sources uh, so that we can put them back on the beaches. Uh, one thing that we did do, and it would be worth noting because it was unique in the state, it might be unique in the nation, but we used a device called a trap bag, which is just a very large sandbag uh, that uh, is several feet long and several feet wide and several feet high uh, that you fill with sand. And we placed those on miles and miles of our coastline as a protective barrier. Uh, it was one of the ways that we could make an immediate uh, effort to protect properties that were at risk from future storms while more long-term solutions came along, whether it was rebuilding a seawall or sand renourishment projects. That trap bag method uh, came out of our coastal division. It was really their brainchild. Jessica Fentress came up with the idea, and I think we'll see that as a model uh, in the future at the state and federal level. Uh, they were 
really instrumental. Uh, this past weekend, we had a pretty horrific nor'easter right. come through. It made a lot of news, national and local. And yet, I'm happy to report we had very little damage uh, because, among other reasons, those sand uh, bags did their job and they continue to stand up. So, a lot of creative effort, a lot of work that happened out on the beach yeah I, there were more than 300 properties that received tram, uh, trap bags throughout the county so that was a major victory for the residents and the businesses that received those it was and really thanks to governor DeSantis and and members of the state who provided the funds for us to be able to uh, make those safety improvements yep. and while we're on the topic of our coastal recovery this was the first time that coastal construction had ever been allowed to occur during sea turtle nesting, correct? Here in Volusia County, that would be correct. And from what I understand, uh, it's the first time anywhere, perhaps, in the state where it was allowed to go throughout the entirety of the uh, turtle season. And uh, it, it was no uh, easy feat to get the state to agree to that or the federal government. They both had to work with us. We created a mitigation plan mm -hmm. so that construction could continue uh, and the turtles would still be able to uh, have successful nesting season. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we had uh, a record-breaking turtle season and uh, virtually no uh, negative events happened. So I I'm happy that worked out very well. So why was that so important that that continue? Well, the amount of destruction we had right. along our coastline was unprecedented. Uh, we use that phrase a lot, and it, it is just true. We had very old seawalls, and just the way the two storms came along the coast, uh, it was so extensive that we had the attention of the Army Corps of Engineers, we had the attention of the state agencies, and uh, there was no way, because of supply chain issues and because of a limitation on engineers and surveyors' ability to get plans together, to do any meaningful work before May 1st of 2023. So if people were not allowed to continue to work through the summer and fall, their properties would still be left bare right. today. And that was what we were trying to do is help people provide some protection against further damage. And the, the fast recovery of the beach is so important for so many different reasons. Not, not only those property owners, but also uh, economic development, the tourism industry here, just the economy as a whole. It's a, it's a big deal that we were able to keep moving forward so well, fast. Well, you had, you know, most of the hotels had severe uh, uh, pool deck damage. Sure. Uh, we had uh, condominiums up and down, especially in the shores, that for a while had to be evacuated. And uh, so... It was a big undertaking to get people's lives uh, back to normal. But as she said, I mean, it was on such a scale that uh, there literally uh, would not be enough contractors and engineers in the area or even probably statewide sure. that uh, uh, could work on uh, that in a manner to get it done, which uh, if we had to adhere to the turtle season, it would have just been a, a couple of months and then they would have had to wait they would just really be getting started again yeah and uh so to be able to work through that season uh was critical and maybe uh another thing we have to look at coming into the next season as well because uh really the again the massive amount of work 
for private folks too, uh, you have to remember they had to deal with insurance companies and insurance issues as well, which uh, is still ongoing, I think, for a lot of homeowners. Absolutely. Well, you know, talking about that ongoing effort, we also just um, launched Transform 386, which is also uh, uh, Volusia County's recovery efforts to help the community. Can you guys talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, basically, that's uh, another uh, program similar to FEMA. Uh, it's a program, though, that's uh, looks at uh, the rest of the housing and, and areas of uh, particular uh, uh, economic need. And because uh, in addition, we talk a lot about the coast, but the hurricane actually uh, flooded thousands of homes in Volusia right. County. So uh, a lot of those areas um, that got flooded, you had people that were already uh, in economic need uh, again, and the same thing applies, uh, lack of contractors, lack of uh, insurance, um, uh, definitely uh, would hamper recovery. So this was a grant we received through uh, HUD that uh, I think very important. It will uh, put money back into those areas. Uh, I think we've already received 800 uh, applications for people who uh, mm -hmm. will be using that money. Uh, to fix their uh, their properties and homes, there is an element of it that also, um, in the neighborhood of forty to fifty million dollars, uh, that could be used also for uh, mitigation efforts with infrastructure in those areas. Okay. Okay. And I just have to throw this in there. I know Donna Butler appreciate this, who's leading the Transform 386 initiative. That you know, if your home had damaged uh, from Hurricane Ian. Uh, you still need work done or you already have had some work done and would like to seek reimbursement that the program is still accepting applications you can find an application on online at transform386.org you could always call the office of recovery and resiliency if you have more info uh, more questions information but um this kind of want to piggyback off what george was saying you know we've already received more than 800 applications and we still are accepting applications Clayton completes me. You hear that? Like all those details, I would not have known any of those. Yeah, and, and I just want to piggyback on that and say another place anyone can go for information on uh, that recovery program is any of our Volusia County libraries. Uh, they have the application material there, and all the librarians have been uh, trained to assist citizens in the process. I tell you what, with that, let's take a break, and we'll come back and talk about um, the exciting topic of governmental budgeting. Subscribe to the Volusia County YouTube channel. And hit the bell icon to know what's happening in your hometown. There are so many great places to explore. And things to learn. With over 1,000 videos available right now, the channel offers something for everyone. Let's go! Did you know we have countless features showcasing history, nature, wildlife, and recreation? Subscribe! and hit the bell icon. Or that we live stream important county meetings and workshops where leaders make decisions that can impact our everyday lives. Did you subscribe yet? Or that we record our weekly radio show, Volusia Today, where we interview staff from the different divisions and departments across our great county, and they discuss the nitty gritty of their field and expertise. Go ahead, subscribe. But that's not it, there's more. Subscribe and hit the bell icon and fully explore. Score. 
Good morning and welcome back to Volusia Today. I am joined today, my name is Michael Ryan. I am joined today by Clayton Jackson, my co-host. Clayton, we have two special guests um, in the studio with us today. We have George Rechnerwall, the county manager, and Susan Conchin, the deputy county manager. Yes, Did sir. I get your title right that time? <laughs> so uh, we spent the first whole part of the show talking about the recovery <laughs> from the hurricanes and what the county's doing there. Um, let's talk a little bit about the 2023-24 budget. Um, I know we just passed that in September. Um, and this council in particular is interested in, you know, making uh, making the business environment easier to do business here, and also reducing the tax burden on um, taxpayers. Can you talk a little bit about the budget, George, and how we work to do that this year? Sure. Well, uh, of course, the budget process is almost a year-long process. It's one of those you get it done. Uh, you get it passed, you start working, and then you're already working on the next one. Right. And another thing that we do as a county is we try to look at everything in five-year increments so that you're not just budgeting for the year, but you're also planning for the years following because so many of our things are multi-year programs, so you, you try to take that kind of look uh, ahead. We've, uh, uh, as you said, uh, this council is... Uh, fiscally conservative and they uh, want to make sure we're efficient, effective. A lot of their goals surround uh, being efficient, efficient regulatory systems, um, good stewards of the money. So uh, this year's budget, uh, you know, we concentrated on uh, continuing to keep our tax rate uh, uh, either where it was at or lower um, in the See, since 2019, when I became the manager, uh, like the general fund tax rate, I think it was at 6.1, and now it's at 4.899. So we've taken it down about 20% over that period of time. Uh, some years we've been at what they call full rollback, basically charging what we had charged the year before uh, in taxes. Uh, other years it's kind of a partial rollback. Uh, we don't get all the way down to years before, but we, we make a, a big effort towards it. We're doing that all while we're having record inflation uh, right. leading up to that. Now, that's cooled a little bit, but our construction inflation uh, is still out there. Uh, a lot of money was injected into the system from COVID and other things, so there's a, a ARPA these programs uh, put a lot of money out there for capital repairs or capital um, rehabilitations. So I think there's a little bit of an inflated uh, market out there in, in construction. But uh, we passed the budget and uh, we're already working on uh, next year's budget, which again, we'll see some of the similar factors. How do we uh, continue to operate uh, efficiently and be able to um, provide the service and the service levels uh, that we're currently at. So it'll be a little bit of a challenge, but uh, we have a great team. So um, and we work together to try and make sure we can accomplish that. George, I always say, I don't think other people understand. You run what's basically a billion-dollar company with a lot of smaller companies under you. And it really is that kind of size and scale as far as people, staff, responsibilities, and, and finances, too. Susanna, if we were looking forward to uh, 2024 and the budget, what, what would the kind of high-level priorities be next year that you would anticipate? 
Well, you know, listening to our council, they're interested in continuing to look for ways to save the taxpayer's money. And so uh, we're going to roll up our sleeves yet again and look for opportunities. Uh, we are continuously looking for efficiencies, but we're at a point where uh, we'll probably also be looking at wholesale uh, efforts that we're undertaking to see where other governments or the private sector or the not-for-profit sector may be providing similar or adequate services and are there businesses we should reshift uh, our focus on uh, and, and in a way to accomplish a reduced budget. I think that's a goal of the council. We'll be talking goals with them the first meeting sure. in January. Uh, but that really will be just the beginning of what I think will be an ongoing discussion in the months to come. Okay. So let's move on for something for our animal lover listeners out there. For uh, those of you who don't know, which I think everybody does, but the, the county actually um, is allowing dogs on the beach in a certain part of Ormond Beach. Uh, that started November 1st, but a lot of work went into making that happen. Do y'all want us to uh, kind of give our listeners a little bit of background? Maybe they didn't know what all went into it. They said, hey, November 1st, I can bring my dog to the, this part of the beach. But just give our listeners a little bit of detail of, you know, kind of what went into making that happen. Well, I'm going to have Suzanne, uh, who did a, a lion's share of the work on, on that. But it was definitely uh, something that uh, the... Uh, pet community had been uh, pushing for for several years uh, of course we've had uh, dog friendly areas on the beach uh, at our inlet parks uh, for many years but I think they were looking for an area more in the center of the beach um, but uh, there were issues because uh, of the permits and stuff that we uh, have to uh, abide by uh, and so uh, the decision also entailed making sure we didn't run afoul with uh, Fish and Wildlife and, and, and DEP. So uh, I can let uh, Suzanne kind of dive in a little bit deeper, but I, I think it would not have happened if we also didn't have some strong um, community support and volunteers and actually even donors. So. Well, that's right, George. I would agree 100%. We do have a habitat conservation plan that we manage our beach under so that we can maintain beach driving, and that ended up being a large component of where we could allow canines down on the beach, but at the end of the day, we were able to identify uh, a nice area in the city of Ormond Beach, basically from Andy Romano Park north to Rockefeller Drive, uh, where we have multiple off-beach parking lots uh, for the public to use as well as beach driving. So there's great access along that stretch. Uh, and we have a whole army of volunteers organized uh, through Daytona Dog Beach mm -hmm. Inc., who both raised money to help offset the costs of putting in uh, doggy bag uh, dispensers, as well as a generous donation from the Lohman family uh, to make sure that we can have some animal control officers out there to help educate 
uh, the public about the rules that apply. So far, it's been a fantastic start, in my opinion. We've had great compliance by the community. We have had a lot of high tides uh, since November 1st, so uh, it, there's been times where it's been tough to get down to the beach, but I think we're going to see some calmer seas in the coming week and in the coming months and uh, I think everyone we've seen out there have had big smiles on their face and I'll only uh, you know uh, add that we have two additional dog beaches in the county at Ponce Inlet Lighthouse Point Park and in New Smyrna Beach at uh, Smyrna Dunes uh, Park and those are very large uh, and, and great places to take your pets also. I tell you what, that sounds like the perfect time, Cadet Paul. Paul, uh, perfect nice time. One. Yeah, I, I thought long and hard on that one to transition to a break before we come back and wrap up the show. Make the most of your day at the beach. Download the Volusia County Beaches app today. Sign up for real-time notifications on vehicle ramp openings and closings. Find staff lifeguard towers. Get updates on tides and beach conditions. Plus, off-beach parking and coastal parks info. Volusia County Beaches app is available for your smart devices at the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to Volusia Today. My name is Michael Ryan. I'm joined by my co-host Clayton Jackson today, and uh, we have a couple of very special guests in the studio with us. We have George Rechtenwald, County... Pardon me while I check the title. County Manager and Susan Conchin, uh, Deputy County Manager. Thank you both for being here. Is that even close? That's what's on my paper. Um, thank you for both for being here today. We're going to wrap up the show. George, I know we talked a little bit off, off air about um, staff and how much you manage staff-wise and stuff. A lot of great acquisitions this year staff-wise. Do you want to talk about that, how the organization is yeah. changing? Uh, I've been asked that, uh, you know, maybe what some of the biggest accomplishments uh, have been. And, and one of my biggest accomplishments, I believe, over the last couple of years, has been assembling, I think, one of the finest teams of professionals uh, in local government uh, in the state of Florida, maybe in the nation. So I'm very proud of the people we have added. Uh, this year we, we continued that. We added uh, new folks, uh, Joe Damore out there at um, Corrections, uh, takes on a, 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 that's a big operation, very important. Uh, Clint Meacham, of course, started as uh, our new emergency management director under Jim Judge. Um, we brought him in from out west, so, uh, getting him. Hopefully, uh, he never gets to use his skills, but uh, um, we're very happy to have him. Of course, uh, probably the reason you don't know uh, some of the titles and all that is because we brought you on this year, which I think is a big uh, uh, accomplishment and very proud to have you. And I know. Uh, with a great background yourself and uh, also uh, we just recently uh, brought on Lynn Flanders uh, got her out of um, Atlanta to run the Ocean Center very excited about that um, she's gonna bring already uh, having an impact and bringing a lot of energy so uh, I think her experience is going to see some shifts out there uh, we're already booked uh, with the conventions but we're looking for more entertainment I tell you what, with that, we'll wrap it up, and we look forward to seeing you at the Ocean Center in 2024. 